Hello and welcome back to the Villa Villa podcast. I'm here with my good friend Dan Wiseman. How are you doing, Dan? I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad at all. The, uh, the positivity is, is warranted for once, Dan. We're here uh, speaking the day after the, uh, the 1-0 win against Arsenal at Villa Park for the first time in 22 years. Talk us through last night, Dan, because there was, I mean, I'm sure Villa fans went through a whole range of emotions. Yeah, well, it started for me. Um, I watched the game at Vicarage Road um, before, um, and City City did its bits um, by beating Watford four 0 And uh, you know that, that we've we've been done um, dealt a pretty good hand in, in terms of the results. They've been going our, our, our way recently. Um, I thought uh, when Bournemouth had their equaliser ruled out through VAR in the last minute, that's when I thought, right, okay, well, like this is things are really going our way here. And um, yeah, like. That, that carried on through until last night and, you know, it was all on the Villa boys to do their job and, um, you know, when we went in at half-time leading, you know, I thought we, we've all seen this movie a few times. It doesn't mean <laughs> anything yet. But I uh, know we, we managed to hold on until the end and, uh, yeah, what a performance it was, mate. It, and I, I, I believe I'm correct in saying, tell me if I'm wrong, that Villa scored with their first opportunity that they had in the game as well from a corner. And uh, I mean, it's it's been memed a fair amount. The the Tyrone Mings uh, uh, little thing with the Bamiang, which is great. Um, but I think a lot what a lot of people don't realise is that was actually the lead up to the goal. And I think Ty actually gets a flick onto the ball, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, but I mean, I I don't really know uh, how to how to kind of talk about it, Dan, because uh, for the past however many weeks, it's. It's not necessarily been doom and gloom, but you know the Villa have have been putting in probably eighty percent of what's required, uh, and unsurprisingly not been getting what we feel we need, not necessarily deserve out of these games. And for once, I you know we've gone toe to toe with a side that has beat two of the world's best teams in the past week, and it's Trezeguet who scored as well. I mean, three goals in three games. This man is on fire. Yeah, he, he's been superb, mate. Um, uh, especially in these home games, I, I thought the one at Goodison. You know, I thought uh, it, was, it was far from his best performance. But you really got to credit what he's done in the last two two games. And yeah, whilst his performances all round have not been the best, um, he, he gets the goal. Uh, and boy, does he work hard defensively. Um, he, he puts an absolute grind, man. Um, and that you really can't fault him for. I think. Uh, the, the same probably can't be said of uh, Arvel Ghazi. Uh, Trez just works um, like an absolute Trojan um, out there. Never stop running. And yeah, you, you've really got to uh, give him credit because he seems to be able to turn criticism into goals at the moment. And um, look, he, you know, we've given him a fair share on this podcast. We gave it him after after the Everton game. Um, but no, in these last two home games, you know, if, if, we, if we do stay up on the, on the final day, then uh, we, we owe a lot to that man. He's definitely earning his money right now. And I mean, the, the strike as well, it's, it's so vintage Trez really being on the end of a cross at the back post. And, and to be honest, I think Martinez, he has to save that. It's right, you know, it's right on his post. And I can't believe Trez actually managed to tuck it in, but it was such a good strike. Uh, mm. And, you know, when it went in, I was just in you know, absolute disbelief. But I don't think I've still properly computed the fact that Aston Villa are currently sat in 17th and, and the ball is in our court, Dan. Yeah, bro, it's mental. It's mental. Like we spoke after the Man United game, um, talking about us, you know, sort of 
readying ourselves for the championship and preparing ourselves for what to come. Um, you know, I, I came on here and was saying after the Crystal Palace game, you know, it'd be the greatest of all great escapes. And, and here we are. And, and suddenly it looks um, not only possible, potentially quite probable that um, we'll see Villa in the Premier League next season. Obviously, there's, there's still a long way to go. Um, you know, it, there's no just because we're sat here with one game to go doesn't mean we're going to be sat here when, when all is said and done on Sunday. Um, but we, we've put ourselves in, in really good stead. And, um, you know, the, all I've been sort of wanting for and, and asking for on the podcast throughout all these weeks since the lockdown is that we just go into the last, uh, this last game on the final day with it in our hands, uh, you know, with, with the chances of survival laying very much in our remit. And um, here we are with, with that exact opportunity. Um, you know, I, I've got to give credit to Dean as well because... Uh, again, someone who, who I've criticised, and, and we both have on the podcast. Um, and but no, in these last games, especially, um, I was so impressed with with how willing we were to try and pass it out from the back, yeah, uh, and play through the thirds yesterday. I think, especially against a side like Arsenal, we were really being squeezed. Um, and I think a few, literally just a few games ago, we would have resorted to long ball there. But um, I was so pleased with the way that Connor, uh, Douglas, and John were dropping. Uh, out in the midfield into the defence to collect the ball um, because I think that's where our problems have been in terms of not playing sort of expansive football that starts with the centre-backs is that I don't think the midfield has necessarily had the confidence to drop out of the midfield, collect the ball from the centre-backs on the half turn and, um, you know, try and, try and play through there. Uh, and I was so impressed with how they did that yesterday. I thought Connor had a great game. I thought it's the best we've seen uh, of Jack and John in a one-time Jack was yeah. almost at the peak of his powers yesterday and um, yeah well, to be fair to these boys um, you know when the heat goes on they, they do come out of the kitchen and uh, they've done that again yesterday. The defence was solid as well I think Dan and I think it's important to note that I know we mentioned it in the last podcast but Esri Concer since playing back in his natural position has been so much better and uh, dare I say it even better than Tyrone Mings I think there was, a, there was the opportunity um, in, in the the first half where he kind of tries to flick it as he's running back uh, and, and the ball ends up just falling to a Bamiang, which Konsa uh, is forced to deal with on the six-yard box. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think if that was Esri Konsa of, of three months ago, then, we're, you know, we're possibly looking at a, an Arsenal equaliser there. But, you know, the, the, and I think as well with what you're saying in terms of the midfield, that I think they gain that confidence as well from the defence and how solid they've been. And, you know, I think for once we didn't actually see Ty play too many just stupid hoof balls after he's he's held onto the ball for too long or whatever. Uh, and you know, I've got a shout out Matt Target as well, man, because uh, you know, on this podcast, you know, I, I, I'm I'm always the first to to criticise players. You know, when I feel uh, it's it's necessary, and Matt Target has been one of them players. And I've I've just I've got to put my hands up and say Matt Target was brilliant last night, um, as was Frederick Gilbert. And I mean, I don't know about you, Dan, but if you look at that performance. Surely you've got to wonder how he's not been in the team for the past, I don't know, how many games? Bro, Fred Gilbert would slide tackle his nan, man. Oh, that geezer <laughs> would go for absolutely anyone. Um, I absolutely love him. I absolutely love him. I'm watching him yesterday. Like, well, like, well he, he's actually been really good for us this season. Um, you know, I was we were having a bit of a, a, a debate at the pub the other day when we were watching the last game and like, we were sort of saying to each other, you know, after Jack, who's been our most consistent player this season? Like, who's been our best player? And um, not only is that one actually quite a hard question to answer, and yeah. I, I was struggling to think of a name, um, but I, I was like, you know, Fred's actually had a really good season. 
Um, I think, you know, where we've, considering we signed him into the championship, uh, you know, we didn't really sign him thinking we'd be in the Premier League. Um, he didn't sign for us thinking he'd be up to the challenge of the Premier League. The way he's risen to that and the, how uh, his, his work rate is absolutely tireless and that there is a genuine Premier League player in there is, um, is really, I don't want to say surprised me, um, but, you know, how he's dealt with that and how the club has dealt with that and, um, you know, how, he, how he's, you know, as I said, sort of um, unwillingly stepped into the Premier League as a, as a pretty much a starting right back for a lot of the season has been great. And, yeah, he, he complimented um, what, you know, was a fantastic defence yesterday. As you said, um, I, I do think Conte is outperforming Mings right now. I think Mings yeah. is, is probably the weak link in, in that defence. I looked at that. That you know the very incident you talked about with with Abamyang there and um, yeah like as you said like I no other defender was making those kind of stakes last night. I also want to just shout out Pepe Reina yeah um, because I just think that he instills a, a quality and a confidence in, in the back line that um, as I was saying on the last podcast that just because of Oyan's age and the fact he is almost forty years old that he he can't bring to the side. Um, but no, the, the way he's just so able to come for crosses uh, and collect things like that, and um, whereas you know there always is a, is a little shakiness in Oyan when when he tries to do that, um, really helped us out last night. I think there's there's a lot um, still to be wanted in the front line. I, I think you know that there's Jack did all he can, but um, you know I I don't think that's you know we still have a bit of an issue at striker. Um, but look, the midfield was exemplary last night. Um, same with the defence, and um, yeah, we shut out a really menacing Arsenal side. Who, yeah, have beaten two top top sides in the last two games. I think what's important is, you know, when we've been analysing these games before, and obviously we're, we're wondering where the goals are coming from, and it, it's not really the strikers. We've not a striker hasn't scored for Aston Villa since Bournemouth away uh, in the Premier League, which is uh, God probably. February, February time, isn't it? And I know obviously we've had the three month break, but uh, you know it's it's a, a, a shocking statistic. And you know when when you're not scoring goals, you can't afford to be giving them away. And for once, uh, you know, even though our strikers weren't scoring goals, we were able to to stay compact and resolute, and obviously um, get the goal in the form of Trezeguet, which is just, I mean, it, I I'm, I can't describe how happy I am. I know Villa fans are listening to this. Uh, we'll, we'll know the feeling as well and uh, it's a shame that it was a late game it'd have been nice if we'd have had a bit more time to have digested it and stuff um, but no I mean the, the performance overall was great and as, as you touched on Dan with the midfield it was for once it seemed like a proper cohesive unit and it was uh, I mean Douglas Louise how many, how many times on the podcast are we going to say how good this man was he was absolutely insane uh, but you know I think what for me kind of exemplified how good Villa's performance was 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 really how good Jack Grealish was Dan because you know we've kind of seen recently it's it, it's not really been since November or December time where Jack's really carried the team uh, and I don't want to say he carried the team yesterday because that would be very disrespectful to to the other 10 men who were playing um, but that run that he made in the second half to set up Keenan Davis was genuinely world class and I've watched it on repeat so many times and it reminded me of of Rotherham away when we went down, and he, you know, he he ended up scoring that goal. And it's a shame that our boy Keenan couldn't finish that off. But when I watched that, I genuinely thought I was watching like Real Madrid play in the Champions League or something like that because that just the way he accelerated with the ball and 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 laid that off to Keenan, it was it was world class. 
Yeah, mate, uh, and that's that's what we haven't seen for so long, and I think that's why it's so good to see. You know, a lot was made of of, of Jack yesterday, and, and whether it was potentially his last game and all, all this sort of stuff. And um, he, he he said himself he, he doesn't want to talk about that right now. No one knows what's going to happen. Uh, you know, he, he can't comment on his future when you know the future of this football club hasn't hasn't been solidified yet. Um, but no, that, that little run he did was um, was just just trademark and it's so good to see because we haven't seen it in so long and I think what's nice is that uh, and does give me a lot of confidence going into this final game is that as the games have gone on we've we've slowly seen Jack and John just sort of creep towards getting back to you know what they were like before um, you know not just in Jack before the lockdown but with John obviously you know before the new year when when he um, got injured and uh we just haven't seen those two playing like that in so long. And it's it's so good to see because um, finally we're giving ourselves the chance to see what this side could have been like, um, you know, if, if injuries hadn't been a problem and, and you know, we'd stayed, up, uh, you know, playing at full capacity. And, and we're clearly a different side. And, we're, you know, it's, it's been long stated how important those two players are. But no, speaking on Jack specifically, um, Keenan did him dirty in that man by not, by not putting that chance away because all, all, all that performance was uh, was needing was was an assist. And, uh, but Jack needs that assist more than most. You know, it's, it's nine, ten games now since he he last came up with a goal contribution for us. You know, and, yeah. You know, he he was saying that you know he doesn't think that he's been playing at his best since lockdown. I'm sure every Villa fan would agree. Um, and, and you know he needs that goal contribution if if he is going to be able to get his move because um, it, it's been a long time without one now. It has, and I think I saw from James Richardson on the Birmingham Live, he actually showed a um, a graphic of, uh, I believe it was the probability of Keenan actually scoring from that position, and it was 35%. Now, looking at it, I mean, I think by the time Martinez had dived, there was so much of the goal that was gaping, but I mean, I can't, you know, as much as we love Keenan on the podcast, and anyone who's an avid listener and or just knows me and Dan knows we're, we're huge fans of Keenan Davis, uh, is is that he's... He's, you know, he's always struggling to, to get the goals and uh, it's a shame. I think, you know, it, thankfully it didn't come back to haunt us because, uh, you know, I, I know after, after the game when we spoke, we said that, uh, you know, thankfully it didn't like the El Ghazi chance. Um, but I think it more, you know, more for Keenan than anything, obviously, because we, we were able to see the game out. Uh, it'll be frustrating. I believe he's an Arsenal fan as well. So I'm sure he would have liked to have um, actually bagged there. But um you know what a time for his first Premier League goal that would have been to 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 pretty much drag Villa to safety and uh, I, I guess it would have proved all the people wrong who always uh, you know give us hate for liking Keenan Dan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those where um, yeah, <laughs> I, I was going for him, man. And, and but what's nice to see, and I, I I guess it would have been very different had we ended up you know throwing that game away. But um, you know he put a tweet up um, after the game, just sort of congratulating him on the win and. Uh, the replies to it was so nice. Yeah, you know, yeah. no one was really. Uh, it was all sort of, you know, keep going. That goal's coming. Um, you know, no one was really slating him for, for for missing the chance. And as I said, I imagine if we'd gone on to draw one-one, uh, it would have been a different story. And I, I did sort of fear it. I was getting sort of El Ghazi against Everton flashbacks, man. And I was like, oh god, yeah. you know, please don't make us rue this chance. Um, but no, it's it's a, it's a shame. Um, and and Keenan de- desperately does need that goal. Yeah, he's he's played in all comps, fifty-five league league games for us now with uh, just two goals um, as the return and that, yeah. that needs to be improved man and I'm here we first to say it and uh, you know but he's getting there and look um, 
we can win every game 1-0 if we defend like we did yesterday. And uh, the post came to our rescue. Like, don't get me wrong, we got lucky. And uh, yeah. Pepe was very grateful in, in kissing the ball when it did. But no, look, man, like, if, if we've had a, a lot of things go against us this season. And if Lady Luck wants to smile on us for this last two games, then I mean, I, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think uh, we perhaps spoke about this off air last time, Dan, but... Um... Of all the the January signings, none of them had really made that much of an impact. Um, but I think you know today, um, yesterday, sorry, uh, as we kind of touched on Pepe Reina, uh, you know what a signing that man was, um, and you know he's uh, at times probably been uh, a bit hit and miss. I'd say not necessarily um, as assured as Tom Heaton was, but you know he's come up clutch when it's mattered, and uh, I you know I'd fear with that ball hitting off the inside of the post that it, you know, bounce off Nyland's face or something like that, as much as we love Nyland on this podcast. Um, but no, it's, it's good to see that, you know, the January signings actually made an impact. Because if you look at West Ham, you know, Sushek signed in January, he scored four goals and, you know, uh, along with Antonio, pretty much dragged them to safety. And, and Jared Bowen has been fantastic. So it's, uh, you know, it's these signings, they do matter. Um, and it's, it, you know, it's a shame that um, Sam goal and obviously Boya Baston uh, and, and Dan, Danny Drinkwater haven't really featured that much, uh, you know, the, the, the latter two. So uh, it's good to see that Rainer's had that much of an impact. And uh, coming into this West Ham game, Dan, you know, this is a preview that no Villa fan wants to do right now because for once the ball is actually in our court and it looks like, you know, dare I say, it, I don't want to tempt faith that, you know, Villa can do it, Dan. They can do it. And that's what's important. Yeah, man. Like we, we need Arsenal to uh, to bounce back in, uh, and beat Watford. I think that's actually at the Emirates, which which is nice because Arsenal do struggle away from from home. You know, if it was a Vicarage Road, then it, you know it's, it's a completely different box of frogs. But um, you know, as I said, their home form is much better than away form. I think since the restart, that's Arsenal's you know fourth away loss in their last six. Um, so the fact it's going back to the Emirates, you know, makes me quite confident um, that hopefully they can bounce back and, and beat Watford there. Uh, you know, Hayden Mullins, um, that, that appointment is is a weird one. And, really? And so, weird. Yeah, like, I, I, I do see do see Arsenal doing the business over at the Emirates to be honest with you, mate. But um, look, we, we've just got to go to, to the Olympic Stadium um, and just play like we did yesterday, man. Uh, and like I, I have a good confidence in us to, to do so. I, I think um, the, our last three games have all been pretty positive and overall I think the performance has actually been okay. Um, you know, I, I, again, you know, we seem to just, I, I really liked how we keep pressing and we stay on the front foot now. Yeah. Um, and I think Dean's noticed that and I think in the second half we're so much better at uh, keeping our foot on the gas and, and pushing for that second goal which which so nearly came. Uh, we probably should have had it in a number of chances. Um, you know, John's had a couple of good looks at goal. Obviously, Keenan's had that one. Um, and, you know, whilst we we still did do it for the last 15 minutes, uh, and uh, yeah, I think John said it wasn't as good for the old ticker, and it's, it certainly wasn't. Yeah. Um, but no, like, if we, if we can go and play like that, um, West Ham are a, a really good side at the moment. Um, and, you know, they, they looked good against Watford the other day. And, and so, look, for West Ham, They'll just be wanting to finish as high at the table as possible to try and justify that they've had, you know, they can scrape together something of a remotely respectable season. They'll just be wanting to try and get as many points and, and climb the table and just get try and get as many much prize money as possible. Um, and 
So, you know, this game, I don't really agree with all the Villa fans saying that, you know, hopefully West Ham will be on the beach and all this sort of thing. Yeah. Because, um, that, you know, that they've still got a lot of wrongs to put right and they'll just want to put, keep this season as positive in their fans' minds as, as possible. And, you know, with a win at home on the final day, it's a good way to do that. Um, but uh, they're not as good as Everton, the table will tell you. They're certainly not as good as Arsenal. They're not even as good as Palace. Um, yeah. Of three sides that we, we've gotten good results against. So look, mate, I'm, I'm taking nothing for granted. I was pretty much assigned to the fact that we were a championship side uh, three or four weeks ago, and I'm not allowing myself to be excited. But um, <laughs> no, as I said, it, it not only looks probable, but um, certainly looks possible. Yeah, I think for the first time, I think it was from the account Villa Analytics, which is a great account that we've, I think we've shouted out on the podcast a few times, um, that I think for the first time in in like three months, it's more probable that Villa actually stay up than not, which is, is crazy. I, I didn't see the statistic. I just saw a tweet that was, it, it was worded like that, um, which, uh, if anything, is, is just great. And obviously, as you say, can't take these things for granted. Um, West Ham have been, I say West Ham, Antonio has been scoring goals for fun. Uh, and, you know, the Villa boys will have to do a lot to keep them at bay. But I think what's important about this game is, is certainly game management. Obviously, we've played... Uh, on the Tuesday, it's coming around on the Sunday. So, you know, Dean and, and the players uh, from the championship should be used to that kind of turnarounds. Um, but, you know, I think, I think Dean, for once, and I know we've obviously given, given Dean credit, but for once he actually got his substitutions spot on at the times uh, that he needed to. Uh, obviously, his hand was forced with, with Elmo uh, coming off and stuff like that. But, you know, I thought when he brought Marv on, Marv was great, uh, cleared it up when he needed to. Um, and, you know, obviously Keenan came very close. So uh, the substitutes definitely made an impact. And that will, that I think will be, you know, the deciding factor in this game. Because I think, you know, West Ham can uh, and have proved to, to be able to either, you know, blow teams away in recent weeks, you know, straight away. I know it was, uh, it, it was Norwich, I believe, wasn't it? Uh, where Antonio got his, got his hat-trick. But, um, they, you know, they've also shown that they can hold on to the end and, 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 and grab a late goal. So, you know, it's going to be important that Dean manages this game correctly. Um, and I'm not going to ask you for a score prediction, Dan, because, uh, you know, that never goes well. But one thing I will say is in my fans' bet preview, um, I've, for whatever reason, um, I've always been predicting uh, a positive Villa result, uh, being as optimistic as I am, as you know, on the podcast, um, as you guys in the comments have definitely let us know uh, that we're, we're rather <laughs> optimistic. Um, I, and, and for once, I actually predicted a draw. Now, if that's an omen, obviously we didn't draw. So maybe I should start predicting these obscure results, and maybe I'll predict we'll lose to West Ham in the ne in my next preview. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm just you know I'm just looking for anything at the moment, Dan. Uh, anything to to kind of cling on to. And um, I, you know, as as you guys may have been aware, um, you know the quality of the podcast has been a bit different. I've been without my laptop. Thankfully, I'm on my girlfriend's laptop today, so hopefully you'll see our face. Um, but I, you know, I was watching the game on my phone yesterday, and I can't, I can't explain to you how nerve-wracking it was to watch that on, you know, on such a small screen. Um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. But you know, I think uh, I speak on behalf of all Villa fans, Dan. That uh, you know, come Sunday, uh, are going to be a nervous wreck, and you know, probably, probably won't even be able to talk to each other or anything like that, just because we're going to be so stressed about the game. Uh, thankfully, it's a, a, you know, it's at a decent time, so hopefully. Depending on the result, we can get a podcast out straight away. We may need some time to think about it or uh, potentially some time to celebrate. Um, but, you know, 
you know, it, it feels good talking about Villa with you again, Dan. It really does. There's, there's such a good, uh, you know, feel around the club. And I think that has only been reiterated with um, the, the overwhelming amount of tweets that the players were making. Because, you know, I, th- I mentioned it on the last podcast as well. Um, Dean had been saying that things have been good in the camp. And I kind of called bluff on that. I, you know, I feel like it's hard to, to, for him to come out and, and say that. Uh, you know, we, we we were so positive and we were so, uh, you know, ready to to avoid relegation because you know you look at you look at the form and obviously form tells you one thing, the form tell you another. Um, but you know, I think that it was such a weight off the shoulders for the lads to see. Uh, you know, Matt Target tweet up the fucking Villa. You know, John, Jed, everyone was on it. You know, Nakamba, Douglas, and it was just really good to see Dan. Yeah, man. Look, look I, I um. I almost felt a little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was sort of the Wolves game um, for me, where I was like coming on to do this, and I like you almost felt a bit bad for coming on and talking because you know you and I we always try so hard to be positive, you know, even when we don't really believe it ourselves. You know, I'm a firm yeah. believer that you know you just got to try and keep this fan base as positive as possible, and you know we have an onus to try and do that, and you know there's. There's points where I've come on this podcast and try and force myself to be positive, and I don't even really believe it in myself. And I was coming on after the Wolves game, like, you know, do we, is this really the right thing to do? Like, I don't want to be adding to the negativity. And so it's so nice to be able to come on here now and be like talking about this. And, you know, hopefully we've got another great, great season in the, in the Premier League to look forward to. And um, the, the, the lads deserve bits, man. And, like, you know, we've done a lot of criticizing this year, and, and me especially, and, um, you know, towards the management staff and the players. and. I'll stand by everything that I said, you know, because I think when I have criticised them, I think they've deserved it. Yeah. Um, and so, but now I think, you know, we've really seen the benefit of the work they've done over lockdown. And I, I think if, you know, a lot of people were saying that, you know, what we were going to really struggle coming back after lockdown because, um, you know, we don't have the fans in the ground. And like yesterday, Villa Park would have been rocking, man. And yeah. Like, same with the Palace game. I think the Wolves game is different. I think the Sheffield United game is different. And so, yeah, like lockdown and, and this sort of new era of football has definitely hindered us. But I don't think we stay up if we didn't have that period where we, you know, it's allowed clearly Dean to reassess. It's allowed the players to yeah. reassess. It's, you know, had those two Zoom calls a week. We've worked on set pieces. We've worked on our defence. And we're seeing the fruits of our, of our labour now. And um, I think that the fact that we've tightened up the defence and I think the fact that we've, We've papered over the cracks that we can't score in open play with just, you know, being able to really produce on set pieces. Um, those two things that have, have potentially kept us up this season. And so, yeah, I just want to give a, a massive thumbs up to, to all the guys that, that have clearly worked so hard on that, all the players, all the management staff and everything that they've done. Because I think just those those two changes and the amount that they've, they've worked on that have, have given us this opportunity. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to be on the, in the pub. On Sunday, we're ready to be the drama sorrows or, or cheers a few to and uh, celebrate the fact that Villa have another season in the uh, in the best league in the world. Absolutely, mate. As you said, best league in the world, and it feels so good to have have the ball in our court and and finally actually be able to to have the faith in the players to deliver. Because if this was, uh, you know. I mean, the, the ball was never in our court in the relegation season. But, you know, if, if on the last day, uh, Jolie and Escott and Mika Richards and, and Jordan Ayew and, and, and everyone uh, were given the opportunity to stay up, it just wouldn't have happened and it would have been horrible. So, you know, whatever happens, 
uh, you know, I feel like we've had a really good end to the season. And I think that's a, that's a, a, good, a good note to end the podcast on, Dan. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, as always. And thank you guys for being patient with, with, uh, with the podcast. Um, maybe you preferred not seeing our faces over the past two podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't let us know in the comments. Um, but, you know, hopefully um, you, you guys will see us again on, on Sunday. Um, and, you know, we're going to try and keep, I think, because given the turnaround um, of the season and stuff and transfers, uh, you guys are definitely going to be seeing a lot more of me and Dan, um, you know, throughout the, the period of, of no football uh, because, you know, I, th uh, I think it's just important that, you know, we keep putting out this kind of content down because it seems like people are really enjoying it. Um, it'd be nice to do it in person soon too, mate, if we, if we can. I don't observe yeah. things. It'd be nice to kind of meet up and do one. Absolutely. I, think, you know, I was thinking about that recently as well. So, yeah, we'll have to, um, uh, we'll, we'll have to do that. I think that would be great with, uh, you know, whatever happens with transfers as well. So, you know, keep an eye out for, for content, guys, you know, regardless of the division, me and Dan are still here doing what we do best, hopefully. Just doing what we do, really. Um, yeah. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, let us know in the comments below. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, make sure you subscribe. Um, and I believe if you review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, that is good from what I've heard. I've been listening to quite a few podcasts. I mean, I listen to podcasts anyway, but from what I've, from what I've gauged, if you review the podcast, that's good. So if you can do that, we would really appreciate that. Uh, and subscribe if you're listening on YouTube as well. The YouTube is, you know, it's, it's been good that, um, you know, given the lockdown and stuff, it's, it's really helped Dan and I just become more consistent because we've not really got anything else to do. Um, so it's nice to see um, the amount of you guys who are listening on YouTube. And obviously um, there's a lot of you who prefer to listen on Anchor and Spotify, and that's great. So, you know, just keep doing what you guys do. Uh, subscribe for more and up the villa.